they're still learning, building best practices, putting in security protocols. So those of us who are in crypto right now, we know there's risk. That's why every app you go to, it says beta. Like we're just testing this out. We hope it works so far it is, but there's all last year, scams, hacks, liquidity pools, rug pulls, uh, coding errors. So even if you have a legitimate team that never gets hacked, they can have a coding error that makes you lose all your money. So just know that this is something that's growing. Tech is shifting in a way that your business is going to change how you accept money. So it's going to be Visa, MasterCard, Bitcoin, probably Ethereum. Hi, this is Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, host of the Small Biz Chat Podcast. I want to serve you. This pandemic has been so hard on America's small businesses and on just America in general. If you're ready to start your dream business, boy, do I have a great offer for you. I am giving away 1,000 copies of my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. Over 100,000 people have this book. It has been printed in multiple languages around the world, and I wanted to find a way to serve America's small businesses in this pandemic. And so I'm giving away a thousand copies of my book. All you have to do to get your copy is head over to beginmybiz.com slash free offer to, you know, sign up for your copy. All you have to do is pay shipping and we will mail one out to you. I am so excited about this. I want to serve you. Grab your copy today. Ending small business failure. Welcome to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with the number one small business expert, Melinda Emerson. Melinda's goal is to end small business failure, and she'll give you the information you need to succeed and live the life you dream of. Now, here's the small biz lady herself, Melinda Emerson. Hi, everybody. I'm Melinda Emerson, the small biz lady, America's number one small business expert. And I would like to welcome you to Small Biz Chat Live. Here we engage experts to conduct interviews for the Small Biz Chat Podcast. The Small Biz Chat Podcast is a peer-to-peer interview show that gives small business owners a way to get invaluable information and business insight. The mission of Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. The goal is to give our small business audience the opportunity to hear sage advice from multiple angles so that you can grow your business and take it to the next level. Now it's time for me to introduce my next guest, Sonia Dumas. She is a finance expert, cryptocurrency educator, and she's the founder of the company Curious Haas. She is a transformational consultant focused on helping business leaders grow their income, increase their influence, and expand their lifestyle. She explores ideas that range from how to have payday conversations to finance 3.0 and how cryptocurrency is changing the way we do business and grow our wealth. For more information, you guys can go to soniadumas.com. All right, Sonia, it's been so long since I talked to you. I'm so excited. So much has happened with cryptocurrency since the last time I talked to you. So let's go. All right. So let's talk about what is cryptocurrency. And then I want to know why we should care. 
Right. <laughs> so that is a big question, but I can tell you that cryptocurrency is maturing as an industry. And ultimately, it's all about technology and currency being fused into one asset. And what you have to think is that cryptocurrency is changing commerce, it's changing payments, it's changing investments, it's really changing the way we do life. And if you really want to have a bigger conversation about what cryptocurrency is, it really is the next iteration or the next phase of Web 3.0. And many of you don't know, right now we're living in a Web 2.0 world. So that's your social media, that's all the mobile engagement we have going on, that's cloud computing, right? All the businesses are in the cloud. Well, crypto's next step is a part of the internet evolution. So we're moving into what's considered web 3.0. And many people are like, what is that? That's decentralized data networks. That means there's no longer going to be central entities that control all the data. It'll be in computers across the globe. Artificial intelligence, all those uh, Terminator movies of AI taking over. Yeah, that's, that already exists actually. Artificial intelligence already exists, but now we're going to the next level of artificial intelligence. And what cryptocurrency is doing is it's removing third parties. So in a transaction, real estate, banking, brokerages, insurance, there's always a, a third party, right? A middleman. Well, crypto and technology is all about either removing or reducing that middleman. And so it's a big deal. So unfortunately, if you know COVID rocked your world last year, tech is going to continue to shift the way we do business. All right. So how did you get into cryptocurrency? Like, how did you find your way? Because it sounds like you kind of got in on it early and you kind of understood it. And now you teach others. So so help me understand how did what was your journey to find out all about all things cryptocurrency? So uh, my journey has started with pretty much 15 years of hotel development and, and um, being connected to tech. And actually, it was in 2019 that one of my brothers, uh, I'm originally from Silicon Valley, reached out to me and said, you need to look into crypto. It was literally a text, sis, look into crypto. And so I started looking into crypto and I came across a gentleman by the name of Jamar James. He's called the digital currency guy. And we connected and he was like, here, drink from this fire hose and figure it out over the next year. And so he's like, and I'll, you know, he's like, I'll guide you. But he's like, crypto is a, you better learn how to learn on your own and discover it. And it's hands-on. It's the science project you didn't think you wanted to do, but you know, I definitely got involved in it. And, um, you know, interesting enough in crypto, we say that in basically six months, you have a master's and in a year you have a PhD because it's so much information. So that's a little bit of my journey of crypto. So how does cryptocurrency work? Like, what is it? Because I still, I mean, I, I understand it, but I think there's a whole lot of people who don't. So help me understand, talk to me like I'm a sixth grader, right? What, you know, how does crypto work? How do we buy this and how does it make money and why does it, you can be a bazillionaire one day and a pauper the next. Like, help me understand how all of that works. So, so in the simplest form, uh, crypto has two components. So there's something you'll hear a lot in crypto called blockchain technology, right? It sounds massive. All it is, um, so I can't tell if you're eight, but if you're 15, you've come across something called a checkbook, right? So your parents have a checkbook and they do balances, right? Credits and debits. So think of blockchain technology as credits and debits as far as 
data goes into this um, uh, ledger, right? They call it a ledger or kind of like a checkbook to say, did this transaction happen? Now, what's really cool about blockchain technology is that it's tamper proof. Nobody can go in and erase it and say that didn't happen, right? It's censorship proof. It's global so that it's not centralized by any particular country. It's not owned by any country, specifically Bitcoin. So that's one aspect, right? So you have to understand that all this data and information is being built on blockchain. So from that is the next layer, which is cryptocurrencies. And all that is, is a digital form of money. And it all, and it's a, it's a combination between a digital form of money and actual projects. And so in crypto, we actually don't even call them coins. We call them projects because if you look at it, it's just another tech project, but instead of going to the stock market and buying the stocks, you're buying into their coin. So that's about the simplest kind of like base layer. It gets much more deep into that. I don't do any blockchain coding. Don't ask me, <laughs> but I know enough to know it's secure. So the whole idea is with human beings, whenever we do a transaction, we have to trust somebody. And a lot of times we don't trust somebody. So we have a third party. So what crypto allows us to do is trust somebody out in, you know, I'm like, I guess you can finally trust that uh, Nigerian prince who's sending you an email saying, we're going to send you money. Okay, send it to my crypto wallet. Because if they send it to my crypto wallet, there's no way they can actually take the money back out. <laughs> so the whole idea is you can do transactions on a global level with someone you've never met, but because your wallets are permanent, when they send a transaction, that allows you to say, okay, I trust you in this transaction. It's not really you, I trust the code. And so in crypto, we say in code, we trust because I don't have to trust another human being. As long as a contract works and it says that if I send this, you send that and the exchange happens, then that happens at a level that hasn't really existed before. Wow. Okay. So how do I get started? I, I got my thousand dollars is burning a hole in my pocket. I want to invest in crypto. What do I do, Sonia? So a couple of things. I mean, there's, you know, major exchanges out there. So in the U.S., uh, Binance.us, Gemini and Coinbase, those are the biggest ones that allow you to connect your checking account. Like I'm just, mind you, this isn't financial advice. This is just simply, if you want to know how to do it, those are about the three you go to connect your checking account and yeah, then transfer your thousand dollars. And then the next thing you have to ask yourself is, well, what do I want to buy? Well, before it was just Bitcoin. Now there's like well over 7,000 crypto projects. And wow. if you go to crypto Twitter, everybody's talking about how their coin is on a moon mission. The minute you see that, please do not take financial advice from Twitter. That is not how you get set up for wealth building if that's your goal. Uh, if you're looking to get rich quick, can you? Absolutely. Like I was here, with, you know, the summer of DeFi where I saw like three, 4,000% in hours hours, right? But you had to know it was the right coin. You had to get in and out within minutes. Um, there's something I call Crypto Skid Row. I visited Crypto Skid Row. And this is where like seriously four digit like percentage gains were happening. And I literally lost, I think I put in $500. I lost $500 in nine minutes. I felt robbed. I was like, I've never been robbed before. This happened and I don't even know who took my money. <laughs> At least if I would have went to a real skid row, I would have had some kind of entertainment with that. But no, in crypto skid row, your money's just gone. So you have to know what you're doing. And I'm a big proponent of just get educated. You know, there's a, a website out there called caseforbitcoin.com. If you are super, super newbie, start there. Just understand what Bitcoin's about, who's investing, why, why is it a big deal? Just start super simple. No need to get complicated and start buying Shibu Doge, kimchi, and hot dog and thinking that's how you're going to make your generational wealth. Probably not. <laughs>
All right, but what, what about all these celebrities, though? I know Elon Musk has been out there trying to influence the market with his crazy self. So what, like, you know, Dodgy Coin, that's really crap, right? I mean, it's just like a fashion coin. All these celebrities started mentioning it, but it's not really a thing, right? You got to be careful with this kind of stuff. You, you do. So if you actually look into the history of Dogecoin, and I, yeah, I call it doggy too. So the developer literally has on his website when he created this, this coin has no value. It has no use. And in fact, Dogecoin for the longest was being used in those in what we call illicit trades. They were using it because nobody else was paying attention to it. So it was trading at like one eighteenth of a penny. No one was paying attention. All of a sudden, every um, uh, people on TikTok were trying to pump it to a dollar, and they were like, "Hey, how fast can we get it to a dollar?" And then it became a thing. But here's the thing: even last year, food coins were a thing. Pet coins are a thing. And so it's just hype. And so if you're a trader and you have a bot that can go in and go out and make some big trades really quick and, you know, micro scalp a couple of pennies. Yeah, you can make money. But for the average person who's like, I'm going to invest this a part of my, you know, diversification of my assets. You're just going to diversify to zero. So how about you just go, you know, go to a campfire and throw some ones in it. You'll have so much more, much more fun. And you'll actually spend time with your family. Uh (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Okay. It's not, it's not pet coins. Cause at the end of the day is, is Apple or Microsoft going to invest heavily in a pet coin? So you have to understand a lot of these are meme trendy coins um, that, yeah, if you, if you know what you're doing short-term as a trader and you're scalping, you can make money. If you're trying to treat it as an investment decision, you're already asking to lose money. So just don't, just don't do it. Just right. say. Right. Like, so, it's, so it's almost like if it's on Twitter, it's, it's too late or it's hype. Leave it alone. Both in both cases. Well, not that if it's on Twitter, because Ethereum and Chainlink, and there's some solid projects. So crypto Twitter is a legitimate place to be when you understand what's going on in crypto. It's just you have to do your research to say, is this hype or are businesses, institutions adopting this as a part of their business model into the future? And so that's that's the difference between what's the use case, right? You'll hear that a lot in crypto. What's the use case? Can you see your neighbor across the street utilizing this coin for some viable reason? If you can't think of one, don't don't go there. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay. So are there rules about like when you buy a crypto coin or a crypto project, how fast you can sell it after you buy it? You can buy the minute you sell it or sell it the minute you buy it. It's so it's just, you know, no different than the stock market. Like you can buy and sell as quickly as you want to. The whole thing, it comes down to our what's your money goals? Because when people see crypto, all they hear about are the gains, right? These crazy triple digit gains that have never existed in history for at least us. Now it's existed in the stock market over the course of time. So if you go back to 1901 and you put in hundred dollars and you get to 2021, you would have seen something like, you know, over a four digit gain in your money, but you'd also be over hundred and dead. So, you know, maybe your, 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 your uh, family would be able to benefit from it. But in crypto, what's interesting. So there's a really cool book that um, I, if you haven't read it, there's actually two books and we'll talk about it a little bit later that I would recommend you look at if you're into um, crypto you understand money but here's the thing like we all know warren buffett man's worth over 85 billion it took him it wasn't until he was over 65 that he made his 85 billion and it took him most of his lifetime starting at 20 to generate that 85 billion 
Jeff Bezos started Amazon in 1994. It's 2021 and he's worth 115 billion. So what that shows you is technology and time and money actually gets tighter and smaller. So the days of, well, you need to wait 50 years and compound 7% interest. Crypto is saying, Bitcoin has been earning over 200% returns since 2008. So it's been a little over 12 years. So what you're seeing is a compression of time and how long it takes. And so everyone's getting excited, like, well, let me get in on that, right? I want to get in on a 200% return a year. And so the thing is, you have to understand which crypto projects are legitimate, what's being utilized, and then decide what's my money goal. If it's to day trade, that's a different strategy than if it's investing. And even investing, look, crypto's only been around for 12 years. Ethereum was hacked in 2016. This is why you have Ethereum Classic and Ethereum. And so they're still learning, building best practices, putting in security protocols. So those of us who are in crypto right now, we know there's risk. That's why every app you go to, it says beta. Like, we're just testing this out. We hope it works. So far it is. But there's all last year, scams, hacks, liquidity pools, rug pools, uh, coding errors. So even if you have a legitimate team that never gets hacked, they can have a coding error that makes you lose all your money. So just know that this is something that's growing. It's not going to go anywhere. It's not going to change. Uh, China's ahead of us, but we won't even get started there on the on the um, uh, uh, like uh, central bank currencies that are coming. And so, but just know that tech is shifting in a way that your business is going to change how you accept money. So it's going to be Visa, MasterCard, Bitcoin, probably Ethereum. Those are going to be like some of the new payment options. Oh yeah, and the US version of the digital dollar. Okay. Interesting, interesting. All right, now one of the interesting things that I heard about the pandemic and when people were getting stimulus checks is that there's a whole bunch of regular folks that now have gotten into investing in crypto. And it's amazing, like every now and again, I'll go somewhere and be like, girl, you into that crypto? I got, you know I mean? Like people will like try to engage me around conversations in it. And, and, and is that a good thing? Like like everybody everybody trying to get into crypto, is that is that good? That is a good thing in the sense of mass adoption uh, because the technology curve is actually pretty steep. Like you want to be a part. So anytime when you look at a new asset, the, the biggest gains are made in the beginning in the growth curve and then it eventually flattens out and then you go back to earning 4% a year. So this whole idea of 200% plus a year is not going to last forever. And so this is why those of us who are early are excited about when institutions are, are getting into crypto, when everyday people are starting to learn about it and say, hey, I want to pay for my Starbucks coffee with some of my Bitcoin or my Ethereum or my Chainlink. This is why Visa and MasterCard have on-ramp programs so that way you can send your crypto to your Visa or MasterCard and go spend it. Because the whole idea is the velocity of money. We got to keep money flowing and crypto helps that move a lot faster in a creative way. And so I think it's good, but I also think this is where the scams and the hacks are going to happen. And if you're not educated about what crypto is, or if you're not educated about keeping your password safe, then yeah, like I said, you're you're looking to just go burn money and give it to somebody in Nova Scotia you never met before. And there is no 1-800 number. There is no redo, do over button. Like once it's gone, it's gone. That's it. And that sinking hole that's in your stomach, Mickey, yeah, it's going to be there for a while. So, all right, Sonia. So, if I'm a novice, I haven't gotten started with crypto yet. What should I go read? I, I don't know about you, but I'm a tactile person. I like to read physical books. Do not give me an electronic Kindle. I don't want it. So, help me understand what are some books I could go and read to sort of like get up to speed quickly so that I could get started investing with crypto. 
So one of the books that I like to um, recommend to people is actually called The Psychology of Money, because how you view money, um, both from a generational aspect, how you actually dealt with money during your young adult life, it's going to tell you a lot about your happiness, your greed. It's going to help to inform what your investment strategy is. And this goes with stocks, bonds, commodities, and especially crypto, because crypto is super, super temperamental. So if you don't understand what's going on with you and your relationship with money, the minute Bitcoin drops 50% like it has now, you are going to basically buy high, sell low, and you can only do that so many times before you actually go broke. And so one of the things I like about the psychology of money is that it actually shows you that generationally, we also have different ideas about money. Some of us grew up during high interest rate times. Those who grew up when there was high interest rates are very, has, a, has a very different view of money than those of us who grew up with like next to no zero interest rates, i.e. me, and a lot of my generation. And so when you you understand that there's also generational triggers that says, well, this is why I invest conservatively, or this is why I'm more of a risk taker. And so the psychology of money is going to help you to understand your psychology, because it doesn't matter if it's crypto stocks, bonds, or commodities. If you don't understand your relationship to money, then then you're, you're setting yourself up for failure. And I definitely don't want to see that. All right. All right. Well, so if I need a strategy for my cryptocurrency, can you give us an example of a couple of different perspectives that people have taken like as they kind of launched into getting started with crypto? Yeah, so there's a, a couple of ways you can look at crypto. So if you're a day trader, right, then and you know then you're only scalping, right? You're only looking for opportunities within the day, within maybe within a couple of days. So there's some people called swing traders. And so the idea is you identify projects that are having good momentum, good volume up and down, and you basically set your prices to a tight range and you just buy and sell that all day until you, you know, basically the market's exhausted itself. And so that's more of a day trader strategy. I don't Really do day trading because the statistics also show that day traders lose their accounts. Um, something like something to the tune of over 70% of day traders. So even if like, yeah, you'll see on Twitter, like I just made over a hundred thousand, right? Talk to that same guy in about three weeks. Chances are he went and leveraged 100X and he actually owes somebody some money. So no, like my thing is, if you're watching this, don't do day trading unless you know what you're doing or you spend years basically wrecking your account. Most day traders say that you'll have to wreck your account two to three times. That means you'll have to lose everything two to three times before you realize, hmm, maybe the way I'm handling this isn't good. So, so don't do that. So then there's the um, more of those of us who look at it from an investment strategy. And so my thing is, once you've identified some solid projects, I like to look at ecosystem infrastructure projects. So in my case, that's Bitcoin, that's Ethereum, that's Chainlink. Um, I like to look at them and think, okay, how do I then dollar cost average in? How do I understand what the market's doing? And how do I write it for the long term? So if you're trying to get in in one month and get out, if you're trying to time the market, you, you're going to find yourself either missing really cool opportunities or getting wrecked by really bad opportunities. And so the whole thing is going back to Warren Buffett and what he did, right? He bought it 20 and held it till over 65. And the man looks like a genius. So actually what works in your favor when it comes to compounding wealth is time and allowing good projects to compound. So if you really believe in a project and what the team is doing and how it's growing, give it some years. I tell most of my students, hey, give it a 36 month, give it a three year horizon. And if it's it's solid, you're gonna you're actually gonna be happy with what your future looks like. And if it's not solid, you'll get some early indicators that hmm, I may want to exit stage left. 
So those are some of my thoughts on strategies when it comes to crypto. All right, Sonia, I got one last question for you before we take our break. Should you invest in one thing or have a portfolio of assets? I like to look at it. I mean, never put your eggs in one basket. So that's just like my personal, this is kind of like my personal feel about crypto. Don't put your eggs in one basket. Most of the sophisticated traders that I see in crypto have multiple assets. Once again, looking at what's building blockchain, what is holding together the ecosystem of cryptocurrencies. They're thinking big picture and they're thinking long-term. And so I say, think of it that way, but also look at what's your money goals, right? Like, are you actually trying to build wealth or pay for your vacation next year? Like, what are you actually trying to do? Or actually you trying to like develop a living to say, hey, this is going to become my new income. Like depending on what your money goals are, that's going to determine the assets or the different crypto projects you get into. It's going to determine how long you stay. It's going to determine how much you put in. And so there's a lot of what ifs and you have to decide that, but you can only decide that when you understand what each project does. This always goes back to education. If you don't know what's going on, you're not gonna know when to buy, you're not gonna know when to sell, and sharks are gonna eat at your portfolio all day until it's down to zero, or you're like, okay, I've had enough, this crypto thing doesn't work. No, it works, it's just you didn't know what you were doing. <laughs> right, so the goal is to avoid crypto skid row, right? So, <laughs> so when we come right back, we're gonna talk more about cryptocurrency and we're going to talk a little bit about the dark side of crypto so i'm melinda emerson the small biz lady you're watching the small biz chat podcast live and we will be right back is now the right time to start a business this is the second most frequently asked question people always ask me along with how can i become my own boss and they aren't wrong for asking because right now these are the two most important questions anyone whose job security has been recently impacted is wondering hi i'm melinda emerson better known as small biz lady and when it comes to small business success i've been featured multiple times on msnbc and cnbc and abc news as america America's number one small business expert. Since the last recession in 2008, I have helped many small business owners plan for success, and I'm still here, reaching 3 million entrepreneurs each week online. I've created a system that will teach you exactly how to become your own boss. I broke it all down into a six-step system in my best-selling book, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months. It's the exact roadmap to help you successfully transition from having a job to being your own boss. Due to the COVID-19 pandemic, many folks are suffering and I wanna do my part to help. I'm giving away 1,000 copies of my book for free. All you need to do is cover the shipping. If you have always wanted to start your dream business, let me give you a roadmap to success. Take advantage of my free offer while supplies last. Click the button below to grab yours before they're all gone. Welcome back to my to the Small Biz Chat podcast. I'm with my guest Sonia Dumas, who is a crypto educator, and she is talking with us about all things crypto. And so, I want you to tell us about you know, due to the nature of cryptocurrency, scammers are abundant, right? So, how do you keep your stuff safe? How do you keep your money safe? So uh, first thing first is one, do you actually even own your crypto? So the idea is passwords, seed phrases, 
uh, keywords. You want to you never want to give those away, and people get scammed in ways that they don't think possible. So you know, sometimes people they store their passwords on their digital files, right? Their Google or their Microsoft OneDrive. So all somebody has to do is just hack your OneDrive or or um, your digital file storage, and there it is on a Word document. Here's all the passwords to all my money. Um, it's also <laughs> something for nothing. Anytime you see the Elon Musk is going to send you a thousand Bitcoin, if you just send him one, that's all over Twitter. So if you have this whole something for nothing person, you know, mentality, then you're going to send that money and that money is never going to come back. Um, but scams can also happen in other ways. There's fake coins, fake apps. So there are apps that you can put your crypto on. And it looks legit. And then all of a sudden that app developer just disappears with you and your money because they coded it that way. So there are so many landmarks minds and so wow. you like be able to one start with some of the larger exchanges that we talked about binance.us coinbase and gemini and just hover there right because at, at that at the end of the day they don't require seed phrases at least for the exchange accounts and so you can kind of stay in a little bit of a safety zone and then learn about what it takes to have your own wallet whether it's on your phone your ipad your computer understand what it takes to move money because sometimes it's not about scams that makes people lose money sometimes they don't know how to move money they send it to the wrong address address, which is 28 characters long and money's gone. So there's just a lot of things you have to get educated about when it comes to crypto. So you don't lose your money either from other people taking money from you, or you just sending your money off into basically blockchain oblivion and it'll never come back. All right. So now I have a little bit more technical question. How does the IRS treat Bitcoin versus cash? And what is crypto ETF. Can you explain kind of like the difference here? Sure. So uh, the IRS treats crypto as an asset. So yes, there are capital gains. Um, it has the same rules like stocks, where if you hold it for a year and a day, your capital gains are actually smaller than if you basically day trade it and sell it in less than a year and a day. Um, the other thing with uh, crypto versus uh, cash is that with Bitcoin, you actually because you treat it as an asset, you actually have a lot more opportunities with it. So one of the things I can explain to you, for instance, is um, you have companies like Grayscale and Bitwise that are saying, and JP Morgan saying, hey, and Fidelity saying, we're gonna come out with a crypto ETF. What does that mean? Well, ETF, think of your uh, S&P 500, right? There's an index for that. Um, there's the Dow Jones index. There's, a, um, a, 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 there's an ETF for Amazon and Google where you don't actually own the actual stock. You just own the price action, right? You get to participate in the price action up and down. Well, crypto ETFs, what happens is these institutions, they go out, they buy a basket of usually Ethereum, Chainlink, Bitcoin, and they say, hey, we're going to put this in the form of basically like a stock and sell you the stock at a premium and you get to participate in the price action, right? Because then what does that do? That's convenience. Now you don't have to worry about wallets, exchange accounts, seed phrases. You don't got to worry about being hacked because all you have to do is just send your money to Fidelity, Bitwise, Grayscale, and they'll go buy the crypto for you and then sell it to you as a stock and say, hey, you get access to the price action. But when you own Bitcoin because it's an asset, you actually get to do a couple of things. So yes, you get to participate in the price action of Bitcoin, both up and down, like let's let's make sure we're, we're setting expectations, but you also can borrow against it. You can loan it. You can be you can participate as a lender. You can use it as collateral. So you can use this asset where you don't have to sell it. 
You can keep Bitcoin and then utilize it as collateral to go out and buy other assets. There are people who've used Bitcoin to buy everything from cars to real estate to other businesses. It all depends who wants to do that transaction with you. And that's what's being opened up. And so that's why I look at crypto as an asset. You can earn interest on it. You can go to a company called Celsius Network and they allow you to earn interest on your crypto. And well, you know, I think with uh, Bitcoin, I think for the US it's around somewhere around five to 6%. What bank account's giving you five to 6% and an increase in price? Nobody. And even if you do something called, um, I don't want to get too complicated, but something called a stable coin. Say you, you're like, hey, I don't want to deal with crypto's price fluctuations, where there are things called stable coins that stay to $1, and it's backed by various assets, but the whole idea is a stable coin stays stable to $1. And there are companies like Celsius Network that gives you anywhere from 8 to 10% interest on just holding it as a dollar. So then that way your money still stays pretty much stable. That's why they call it stable coins. So there's so many different opportunities that are available to you when you actually own the physical coin, but you better know what you're doing as far as wallets and exchange accounts and keeping your passwords safe. And if that's something you don't want to do, then that's where a crypto ETF comes into play where you just go to Grayscale or Fidelity or Bitwise and say, hey, here's my money. Just give me a stock equivalent to Bitcoin's price action and I'm good. But you also pay a premium because there are premiums to be paid and you also pay anywhere from two and a half um, two to two and a half percent annual fee, right? They, they're going to still try to make their money where they can. So just keep that in mind. But that gets a little bit more technical. Right. So the institutional banks are still trying to figure out how to charge us fees, right? That's, that's what you're telling me. <laughs> All right. So what is the best advice you can give someone who is just getting started with crypto? Best advice I can say is get educated and start simple. It is a fire hose of information that changes by the hour. You can't keep up with it. Trust me, when I first started in Bitcoin, I was up till 4 a.m. in the morning, just devouring information, got no sleep, you know, was, was starting to lose weight, <laughs> like not in a good way either. I was like, I wasn't on a keto diet. Trust me. I was just like, I'm just up heart palpitations, wondering if Asia's market at 3 a.m. is wrecking the market. Like crypto <laughs> would mess up your world, like drugs and alcohol can't even start. <laughs> but that's when you're getting educated and you're starting to like, oh my gosh, what's this about? So start small, start simple get educated, and then you know, start with the big boys. I, I keep mentioning Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Chainlink because they really are building the ecosystem of what everybody else is building on. So before you go after some coin that just came out of Singapore that you know just went up 500%, figure out what they're built on, what they're trying to accomplish. But this also starts with understanding what we call the base layer. Understand what the foundation of crypto is and then build from there. And you'll see how much of an appetite you have, right? You'll either go all in or you'll say, you know what, I'm going to you know, talk to my financial advisor and have different conversations. And that's fine, too. All right. So what would you say about using portfolio automation tools? Good thing, bad thing. Um, so it, when you say portfolio automation, there's a couple of things. So if you're just trying to keep track of your portfolio, there's apps like BlockFi, Zerion, the crypto app that you know you can utilize to, yeah, you should keep track because the thing when you quickly realize in cryptos, especially when you start moving money, you lose track of the transaction. It's an accounting nightmare. So accounting 
accountants and uh, crypto <laughs> reporting, tax reporting. It's a nightmare. The IRS hasn't figured it all out. Accountants haven't figured it all out. The best thing that most people have is like, it depends and we're getting guidance. That's the most <laughs> you're going to hear. It is super vague because that's where we're at. So yes, you do want to, um, there are software companies out there that will allow you to connect your wallet and it tracks all your transactions so you know what your tax bill is. It's becoming easier. Five years from now, we won't even be having a conversation on how to track all of this. But once again, this is in its maturing phase. Bitcoin's only 12 years old. So technically it's just, a, it's not even a teenager yet. So it really hasn't started to wild out just yet. So let's give it some time. I mean, if we think this teen years, the 12 year old is bad, you know, it's going to be interesting seeing what the 16 year old Bitcoin is going to do. So, um, and then also from a trading standpoint, yes, there's all kinds of bots out there and algorithms. It depends on how sophisticated you want to get. And once again, get educated about what those bots can do. There's no bot out there that's going to just make you money all day. The best the bots do is try to increase your probability, but just know that there's not 100%. I actually started in my early days with a crypto bot that was buying high and selling low. After like the third transaction, I was like, I could do that myself. I was like, I don't need a bot to lose me money. <laughs> Thing is the market was moving so fast this bot couldn't keep up so i had to turn him off i had to do that <laughs> you're losing me money that's not what i paid you <laughs> oh my gosh all right so you do teach classes on cryptocurrency do you not i do i do i consider myself the coin wealth coach because i love educating people it is a bit i try to take the fire hose and turn it into like a garden hose so you're still going to get wet right but you're still going to get the information that you need and you can visit soniaduma.com click on the crypto tab and you'll learn about you know my latest newsletters or any of the classes and workshops i have coming up all right and last question for you what is the best business advice anyone has ever given you so the best business advice is the only thing you can plan on when it comes to your well laid out plan is that your plan will not go according to plan. <laughs> and so, so you need to adapt, adjust and move on because your plan will not go according to plan. <laughs> love it. Love it. Well, listen, thank you so much, Sonia. You have really just dropped so many pearls of wisdom on us tonight. Sonia, what is your favorite business podcast? My favorite is the Investors Podcast because their tagline is, we study billionaires. And I want to know what billionaires are up to. <laughs> I love that. Who are the hosts of that podcast? That sounds pretty good. Right? I'm, I'm not sure. Don't ask me their names. I just, <laughs> billionaire, who's a billionaire? How they make their money? What do I need to do? I, listen, I believe success leaves clues everywhere. So it's definitely worth listening to that podcast. What is your favorite business app? What is your favorite app? My favorite, oh gosh, business app. Oh, I'd have to say Telegram. Um, Telegram is, you may not heard, but it's, it's really big in the crypto world and it keeps me up to date on what's going on in the world when it comes to all things crypto. So Telegram is my favorite app. Sonia, what is your favorite old school marketing tip? Old Ooh. school. Old school. You got to throw it back. Uh, I would say the most important time that you spend is in front of the client. 
like that is, I would say at the end of the day, it's not all your social media. It's not all the emails that you send, but the one-on-one time that you spend in front of a client or a prospect is the most important time, the most pivotal time of your sales process, your customer service process. And never forget that. Love it. Love it. Sonia, what is your favorite business book you've ever read? Right now, it's this little green one called How Rich People Think. (laughs) (laughs) Can you see a theme here? I I do. I do. How Rich People Think. So um, that's one of my favorite books right now uh, that I've uh, read and highly recommend it. About a handful of principles that will change your world. Love it. Love it. And my favorite business book is Disrupt You by Jay Samet. I love this book because he says in order to disrupt the world, the first thing you got to do is disrupt yourself, which is my, my philosophy as well. And I love Jay and I love that book. All right. You guys are so awesome. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And thank you all for joining me for this episode of the Small Biz Chat podcast. I've got a brand new book coming out, Become Your Own Boss in 12 Months, Revise and Expanded, coming out this fall. If you want to pre-order it, head over to becomeyourownbossbook.com. And I've got some amazing bonuses. So go on over there. And if you want more information about how to start and grow a successful small business, head over to Small Biz Lady University and sign up for my course, How to Sell and Market Online. I promise I'll get you going in the right direction. The mission of the Small Biz Chat is to end small business failure. I'm Melinda Emerson, the Small Biz Lady, your host. Until next time, I wanna leave you with this. You never lose in business. Either you win or you learn. God bless everybody. Thank you for listening to the Small Biz Chat Podcast with Melinda Emerson. For more resources and small business success strategies, visit succeedasyourownboss.com. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts and join us next Wednesday.